tell you that the number one problem in Hollywood was and is and always will be pedophilia. That's the biggest problem for children in this industry. The casting couch even applies to children. Oh, yeah. Not in the same way. It's all done under the radar. Nobody talks about pedophilia. It's the big secret. And it's widespread? Oh, yeah. I was surrounded by them when I was 14 years old. Surrounded. Literally. Didn't even know it. It wasn't until I was old enough to realize what they were and what they wanted and what they were about and the types of people that were surrounding me till I went, oh my God, they were everywhere like vultures. So says Corey Feldman. My name is Joel Tillis. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to The Soul Trap. Today we're going to be talking about one of the most profound and powerful things that I think are going on in the news today. And that is the perversion that is not being talked about in Hollywood, but is being slightly glossed over. That was Corey Feldman in an interview uh, just a few short years ago before all that you've heard about Hollywood and Harvey Weinstein and all the rest has come out. And what he said is shocking. Of course, nobody paid any attention to it. He's half delusional, bipolar, crazy, child star gone bad, all the different acronyms and all the different descriptions that we can give to him. But ladies and gentlemen, of all the things that are going on in the news, from Washington to Hollywood and everywhere in between, I believe it is profoundly dark and profoundly telling of the judgment of God and of the wickedness of the heart of man when we see just how wicked and sexually perverted that this nation is. Now, I'm not going to get into the theological ramifications of Romans chapter number one or the theological ramifications of uh, Genesis chapter number 13 and Sodom and Gomorrah or the ramifications of the end of Israel there in both Samaria and Jerusalem, Judea. But one thing to note, in almost every culture from Rome to Persia, certainly to Greece and what we're seeing now, one of the marks of the collapse of the sure and certain collapse of a society is the sexual perversion being heightened. It has always been in the heart of man. It always is. And the truth of the matter is you could carry a King James Bible and go soul winning every single day of the week, but the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? There's not one of us listening to the soul trap that doesn't have the potential for the most heinous and vile sins apart from any of the intrusion or temptation of the powers of darkness our hearts are desperately sinful and wicked but societal ethics and i believe the spirit of god have a way of preserving of restraining the full deliberation the full expression of the sinfulness of man but part of the judgment of any culture of any group of people is that those restraints come off and the perversion of man grows In an in-depth interview with THR, the Goonies and Lost Boys star Corey Feldman opens up about his best friend Corey Haim, who was raped. He was raped at the age of 11. He was at a preteen party where predators stalked and groomed their marks, quote-unquote, and the dark side even of this particular glitzy lifestyle in Hollywood 
becomes evidently clear when you listen to Corey Feldman and others talk. Even in 2015, there was a recent interview with Elijah Wood, who, as one writer wrote, reignited the conversation on pedophilia in the entertainment business. The Lord of the Rings star supposedly later clarified to The Hollywood Reporter and then on his own personal Twitter account that his comments about quote-unquote something major going on in Hollywood were not based on his own experiences and observations, but rather on news reports. And the 2015 documentary film called An Open Secret. Have you ever heard of that documentary film? Read about it? Seen about it? I'm almost certain that you haven't. But though Elijah Woods says that he was misunderstood, Corey Feldman does not. The star of such iconic 1980s movies as The Goonies and Stand By Me and Lost Boy was not so lucky as to be able to slough it off, nor did he choose to do that. In many interviews, from his A&E reality series, The Two Corys, to his 2013 book, Feldman has detailed how he was preyed upon by men in the industry. His own experiences were not so as nightmarish as what befell supposedly Corey Haim, the late Canadian actor. Haim was just 11 when Feldman says a man raped him on the movie set. Some believe that uh, man to still be a major player today in Hollywood. Speaking exclusively to Hollywood reporter Feldman, opened up about his missing uh, about missing Haim, who was a close friend of his, and addressed the dark side of Hollywood and the dangers of children in Hollywood. The interview follows by asking, quote, Your time as a child actor was a very damaging period, and those kinds of traumas stick with you for an entire lifetime. What is your state of mind now? They asked. Feldman says, I'm very balanced, very happy now. I enjoy my life. I'm very grateful for it, and I'm grateful for the elements around my life. I have a great child, and I have a great girlfriend, a nice house, a nice car, and a good career. But I had to go through a lot of therapy and group therapy and rehabilitation and all sorts of things to be put on this ground that I'm on now. The question goes on to say a lot of this played out on your show, the show, The Two Corys. We know that Corey Haim obviously had a very tragic end, and it sounds like he had a lot harder time with child predators as he became a star. Feldman responds, he had more direct abuse than I did. With me, there were some molestations, and it did come from several hands, so to speak. But with Corey, his was direct rape, whereas mine was not actual rape. And his also occurred when he was 11. My son is 11 now, and I can't even begin to imagine. I can't even begin to imagine, he said, the destruction of such an innocent life. Everybody in this industry knows what's going on, Feldman said. But nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to admit it. And nobody wants to come clean. It has been a fascinating thing to me. A very... It has been very fascinating to me to be able to watch and see how Hollywood, who always has an opinion about everything, who always wants to tell us what president we're to vote for, what guns we're to ban, how we're supposed to treat women and how we're supposed to treat men and how we're supposed to treat animals and how we're supposed to treat our planet. It's been amazing to me how very tight-lipped they are. Not about women being abused, but about the pedophilia, the vileness, the wickedness that lies just underneath of the surface. It's amazing to me that such pigs of human being society 
can live a lie the way that they do. Of course, so much of this has been brought to the headlines because of Harvey Weinstein, who supposedly reports state has decided to cut a deal with the FBI and has offered up, quote unquote, names of elite pedophilias in Hollywood and Washington, D.C. Now, one of the things that's very interesting to me, and if I were a conspiracy theorist, I would posit this, that it is very possible that some of the Al Frankens and, and some of the news that we've seen has been to really deflect the real thing that's out there, pedophilia, the devastation of young children. Supposedly, Harvey has been completely blacklisted by the entertainment industry and also by his friends whom are in the political field. He has run out of options now, the report states, and it seems he is using all the information on the depraved crimes that take place in the upper reaches of society that he has gathered over the years to his advantage to get a quote-unquote get-out-of-jail-free card. As Neon Nettle reported, according to sources within the FBI, Weinstein has offered up the names of some of the most powerful and influential people in the United States in connection with pedophilia, child pornography, and human trafficking. Ladies and gentlemen, is it possible to believe that beneath the lights and the cameras, the apple pie, the fireworks on 4th of July, the Justice League movies and the Marvel movies and all the glitz and glamour, the Washington, all of it, is it possible that there is a world of murky, dark, vile wickedness beyond anything that we could possibly imagine? Not only is there a darkness to it, but there is a, uh, a hypocrisy to it. Jennifer Lawrence broke her silence and came out and shared her story of abuse in Hollywood. Quote, unquote, I had to lose 15 pounds and pose nude, end quote. No, you didn't. You chose to do that. I find it very fascinating that the, the femme fatale, the great uh, strong woman of the Hunger Games, is not so strong as we were led to believe. Years before Jennifer Lawrence became an A-list celebrity for her role in Hunger Games, she was told horrible things by filmmakers, the article states. The Oscar winner shared her story at the L Women in Hollywood event, according to USA Today. Jennifer Lawrence has stated that she wasn't personally abused by shamed Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, but that doesn't mean that she's never been a victim of sexual harassment. Carly Malenbaum writes, quote, Listen to Jennifer Lawrence's story of abuse in Hollywood and you'll shudder as we do. Jennifer Lawrence states, quote, when I was much younger and starting out. Now let me pause there for just a moment. How young were you? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is not like Judy Dench. Jennifer Lawrence is not old to start with. So how much younger were you? Underage? Pedophilia? She glosses over that. She states, when I was much younger and starting out, I was told by the producers of a film to lose 15 pounds in two weeks. What producers and what film? How come nobody wants to state this kind of stuff? How come nobody wants to say, I was told by these producers on this film, why wouldn't you say that? If you're genuinely concerned, Jennifer, if you really want to see change, if you're genuinely concerned for the next young underage girl who suffers the predatory attacks of pedophilia in Hollywood, why wouldn't you mention the names? 
It happened to you. It's not hearsay. It, it, it happened to you. It's not like you're making something up, second or third or fourth party. Mm. She said, when I was much younger and starting out, I was told by the producers of a film to lose 15 pounds in two weeks, she recalled. One girl before me had already been fired for not losing enough weight fast enough. And during this time, a female producer had me do a nude lineup with about five women who were much, much thinner than me. We all stood by side, side by side with only paste-ons covering our privates. After that degrading and humiliating lineup, the female producer told me that I should use the naked photos of myself as inspiration for my diet. Lawrence said, almost making light of the herring situation, I can laugh now, it's okay. Well, of course you can, you filthy pig. Of course you can. You had no problem selling your soul, your dignity, your character, your integrity. You had no problem whatsoever selling your body, apparently to some degree, so that you can make the A-list and so that you can make films to tell all of us how horrible people that we are and that we should be strong and that my young 16-year-old daughter, well, she shouldn't be feminine. She should be strong like you are and, and shoot spaceships out of the sky with a bow and arrow. Of course, you can laugh at it now that you've got millions. Did anyone help her? No, in fact, Jennifer Lawrence goes on to say that the director didn't even help her. What director, Jennifer? On what movie? On what set? Oh, we're not going to get that. She states, quote, He asked me to star in a porno as the character, among many other things that are too inappropriate to repeat here in this dress. When Lawrence tried to complain about the unrealistic weight requirements, a producer, what producer? A producer basically told her following, quote, I don't know why everyone thinks you're fat. I'd sleep with you. What producer said that? What director? What film? What movie set? What movie company? What production company? No, see, we're not being told the truth. Why? Why? Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that we are living in a dark and horrid world below the surface. Since the New York Times first published its explosive report about Harvey Weinstein, 47 women and counting have stepped forward with allegations about his sexual misconduct. Many of their allegations are similar. What they say is that Har Weinstein invited them to a private room where he either asked for a naked massage or sexually assaulted them. The majority of the time, Weinstein's alleged targets were young, aspiring actresses. How young? They were young, aspiring actresses whom he reportedly preyed upon, using his colleagues and his powerful title to cushion against any blowback. From Angelina Jolie, to Rose McGowan, to Cara Delvoon, to Kate Beckinsale, the list of the women is extensive and is being updated. One of these women, Lena Hede, stars on Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones star opened up about her experience with Weinstein on Twitter, saying that the producer made a suggestive comment to her after she appeared in the Brothers Grimm. Quote, I just laughed it off. I was genuinely shocked, she wrote. I remember thinking, it's got to be a joke. I said something like, oh, come on, mate. It'd be like kissing my dad. Let's go get a drink. Get back to the others. We walked to the lift. That's uh, what you and I call the elevator. And the energy shifted, she states. 
My whole body went into high alert. The lift was going up, and I said to Harvey, I'm not interested in anything other than work. Please don't think I got here, I got in here with you for any other reason. Nothing is going to happen. I don't know what possessed me to speak out at that, that moment, only that I had such a strong sense of don't come near me. He was silent after I spoke, furious. He walked me back through the hotel, past the valet, grabbing and holding me tightly by the back of the arm. He paid for my car and whispered in my ear, don't tell anyone about this, not your manager, not your agent. I got in the car and cried. She cried. That's fascinating to me. I mean, there's so many things going on in these stories. On one hand, she's profoundly burdened, profoundly wounded, profoundly hurt. She's disturbed as she, among 47 plus other women, were sexually assaulted or sexually harassed. On the other hand, she stars on Game of Thrones. I don't know that you can watch an episode without a sex scene in Game of Thrones. You talk about the, I mean, you talk about the epitome of hypocrisy. <laughs> You're on Game of Thrones and you're concerned about being sexually harassed? Sexual perversion? So sexual perversion is okay as long as it's consensual. I mean, that's what's so amazing to me about all these years. From the Hunger Games to Wonder Woman, we are told that we're in a new age. The new woman is the new hero. Strong, uncompromising, unashamed, except when it comes to getting a part in a movie. We've been sold a lie. We've been sold a lie. There is a thick veil of stupidity. And there is an entire galactic-sized bucket full of crap that this nation is swimming in. The reports coming out of Washington of sexual perversion only scratch the surface. The reports coming out of Hollywood only scratch the surface. And all of this recently has reminded me of a book by Mark Dice that if you don't have, you must get hold of. It's called The Illuminati in Hollywood. A lot of people probably laughed at it when the book came out, uh, maybe didn't understand all that he was trying to convey, but it, it is so perfect for the time. The Illuminati in Hollywood, celebrities, conspiracies, and secret societies in pop culture and the entertainment industry by Mark Dice. The book by Mark Dice is well, well worth getting and reading. I want to read just a little bit of an excerpt from it and give you maybe a little bit just to wet your beak, but I think it really goes right along with what we're seeing. Mark Dice states that sex scandals are a staple of Hollywood since the entire industry is ruled by hedonism and excess. But below the surface of the standard sexual deviance and unfaithful actors is a dark underbelly filled with accusations of pedophilia and satanic sex rituals called sex magic. Sex scandals in Hollywood seem to be so frequent most people quickly forget about them, and that is true. For all the explosion, and I'm varying now from uh, uh, his book, but for all the explosive news that has hit, we pretty much moved on. When Hugh Grant, Dice writes, was arrested for receiving oral sex from a prostitute near Sunset Boulevard in 1995, it actually helped boost his career. Rob Lowe, who once made a sex tape with a 16-year-old girl, didn't seem to lose any fans for his actions, and continued making movies and TV commercials. Is that fair, right? 
so be it. Hollywood is obsessed with sexual deviancy. In 2015, when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, it was one of the top stories on all the major news. The previews were a candy-coated version of the film based on the book about a wealthy sexual predator who has a secret sex chamber in his apartment where he likes to tie women up and beat them, carrying out his bondage and sadomasochistic fantasies, which is apparently the only way he could find gratification. The film glorified S&M while being marketed as an ordinary romance in the previews, which aired nonstop around the world. Target, the major American retailer, even Target, the major American retailer, even started selling Fifty Shades of Grey brand sex toys, which was the first for a big box store. And in at least one location, were placed right next to the children's toothbrushes. Of course, this was by accident. Target stated. It was also discovered that a middle school in Pennsylvania had given a Fifty Shades of Grey themed crossword puzzle to students to complete with words like spanking and bondage among the answers. The mainstream popularity of Fifty Shades of Grey is just the beginning of what is planned for this planet. While it was disturbing enough that it used to be common for comedians to crack jokes about Michael Jackson, Emmy-nominated comedian Louis C.K. jokes about how he himself is interested in pedophilia. And much of his audience finds his perverted fantasies funny. In one of his routines, which can be heard on his 2010 album Hilarious, he jokes about having sex with a dead child. I'm not going to have sex with a kid. I wouldn't do that, he states. Well, maybe a dead kid. Who are you hurting? He's dead. I'm not saying I would kill a kid. I'm saying that if I found a dead kid in a field, I might have sex with him. And you say, that's just absolutely kind of silliness. That's just a a gross, sick joke. Mm, Maybe. Maybe until you begin to connect the dots. Let me pull out of Mark Dice's book for just a moment. And I want you to remember that sick joke by a comedian... Louis C.K. in 2010. Let me pull out of that book, and I want to remind you of a book and a story that we've covered here at The Soul Trap called The Franklin Cover-Up. The Franklin, the Franklin Cover-Up is a book written by Senator John W. DeCamp. The back cover reads, The shutdown of Omaha, Nebraska's Franklin Community Federal Credit Union Raided by federal agencies in November 1988, sent shockwaves all the way to Washington. $40 million was missing. The credit union's manager, Republican Party, Republican Party, Republican Party, activist Lawrence E. King, behind whose rise to fame and riches stood powerful figures in Nebraska politics and business and in the the nation's capital. In the face of opposition from local and state law enforcement, from the FBI, and from the powerful Omaha World Herald newspaper, a special Franklin committee, a special Franklin committee of the Nebraska legislature, launched its own probe. What looked like a financial swindle soon exploded into a hideous tale of drugs, Iran-Contra money laundering, and a nationwide child abuse ring and ritual murder. Nineteen months later, the Legislative Committee's chief investigator died suddenly and violently, like more than a dozen other people linked to the Franklin case. 
Author John DeCamp knows the Franklin scandal from the inside. In 1990, his, quote, DeCamp memo, unquote, first publicly named the alleged high-ranking abusers. Today, he is attorney for two of the abuse victims. In other words, you had high-ranking financial officials, high-ranking government officials. And when you read the story of the Franklin cover-up, what you find is that it is not just your good old boy having an affair with a secretary. We're not talking about your star going down to the bar and picking up a couple bimbos. We're talking about the kind of sexual depravity that is beyond mention. Now, I'm going to warn you right now that if you have any children around or any ladies around, I highly, highly suggest, and I'm asking you right now to go ahead and, and skip what I'm about to say for the next oh, 10 minutes, five minutes. I'm going to read a little bit from the Franklin cover-up about the child abuse, but I want to tie it together because, ladies and gentlemen, we tend to, to miss the trees for the forest. We tend to not see the connective dots. Remember Mark Dice writing about uh, C.K. Uh, Lewis here, I'm sorry, Louis C.K., how that he joked about a perverted fantasy in his 2010 comedy album where people are laughing. A mainstream comedian joking about having sex with a dead child. Now, I want you to keep that in mind as I read to you the following. One of the supposed victims was a man by the name of Paul Bonacci, one of the victims of the Franklin cover-up, Paul Bonacci. He was questioned and questioned by his, about his experience. The report that he gave, an affidavit under oath, is as following. I went in January of 1984 on every trip. I was paid by men, this alleged abuser knew, for sex. In the summer of 1984, sometime I went to Dallas, Texas, and was forced to have sex with several men. I flew airlines, Cam Airlines, normally for this man. His last name is King. I never had much personally to do with King, only went where he told me to go. In or on July 26, I went to Sacramento, California. King flew me out on a private plane from Epley Airfield in Omaha to Denver, where we picked up Nicholas, a boy who was about 12 or 13. Then we flew to Las Vegas to a desert strip and drove into Las Vegas and to some ranch and got something and then flew on to Sacramento. We were picked up by a white limo and taken to a hotel. I don't remember the name of it. We, meaning Nicholas and I, were driven to an area that had trees. It took about an hour to get there. It was out in the middle of nowhere. There was a cage with a boy in it who was not wearing anything. Nicholas and I were given these Tarzan-like loincloths to put around us. Otherwise, we were stripped naked. We were told to have sex with this boy in the cage. At first I said no, and they held a gun to me and threatened to shoot off parts of my body. I began to have sex as I was ordered to. Nicholas, the other young boy with me, 
had sex as well. We were told to beat the boy in the cage. I tried to hit him without hurting him too much. We were told to do awful things to him. All the while it was filmed. All the while we were surrounded by men in suits. We did stuff to the boy beyond mention, and I'm saying myself, beyond mention, it's listed here, but beyond mention on, that I would even mention on the soul trap. We did stuff to this boy for about 30 minutes to an hour when a man came in and began to kick us all and beat us all. He grabbed the boy and began to have sex with the boy. At some point, the boy passed out. The boy was bleeding, wounded. The men seemed to be stirred sexually by the sight of blood. Another man who seemed to be in charge walked up with a pistol in his hand, put it to the head of the young boy, and blew his brains out. After that, we were ordered in front of these men to have sex with a dead boy. They made us kiss the boy. They took pictures of his dead body. And I'll stop there for the sake of reading, for the sake of all of our sanity. Do you see the connective dots? Here you have a comedian joking. But is it such a joke? Is it a joke that there is a sick underbelly? Is it a joke or is there something very, very, very wicked going on? Mark Dice goes on to write in his book, The Illuminati in Hollywood, evidence indicates that certain secret societies believe that sexually abusing children gives them supernatural powers. The idea is apparently that by engaging in such cruel, unnatural, and perverted acts, it floods the brain with some kind of hormones that supposedly gives the perpetrator advanced metaphysical or manifestation abilities. It is believed that by incorporating sexual activities into esoteric rituals, it somehow dramatically multiplies the practitioner's ability to consciously alter the fabric of reality, giving them godlike magical powers. While not exactly headline news or common knowledge, such beliefs are actually well documented. In parts of Africa today, men believe that raping babies is a cure for AIDS. Today, they believe that. In the year 2000, there were more than 67,000 reported cases of rape and sexual assault against children in South Africa alone. The singer of a well-known heavy metal band in the United Kingdom called Lost Prophets was actually sentenced for sexually abusing babies and black magic rituals. When was that? 513 AD? 1013 AD? No, 2013. The 36-year-old singer was a fan of Aleister Crowley, who wrote instructions in his book entitled Sex Magic, how Satanists can supposedly access metaphysical powers by sacrificing children in black magic rituals. I submit to you that there is far more going on than we realize. Far more filth than Hollywood. Far more filth than Washington. Far more filth maybe even in our own homes. Coming through our own computer devices. Hmm? 
when you turn on the news today, when you turn on the news and you see all that is going on, I submit to you that you and I are only seeing the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg, ladies and gentlemen. No one seems to care. Terry Richardson's, or quote-unquote, Uncle Terry, as he likes girls to call him, is a very successful fashion photographer in Los Angeles who has photographed Hollywood A-listers like Oprah Winfrey, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, and countless others. He was even the photographer for Barack Obama when he first began running for president. Mark Dice states in his book he's also one of Hollywood's biggest scumbags. The London, London Guardian called Richardson's fashion's shameful secret. The liberal feminist blog Jezebel labeled him the world's most messed up fashion photographer. He's not just a photographer. He's a music video director who has directed videos from Miley Cyrus, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, and other A-list artists. Interestingly, he even played bass guitar for five years in a punk band called Invisible Government. Well, what's the problem with him? The problem is he is vile. He published a book in 2004 titled Terry's World, which contains samples of some of his work, which is largely pornography, including young models. One such photo contains a woman with the word slut painted on her forehead. Now, why is Oprah Winfrey having him being her photographer? Barack Obama wants to tell us how to treat women, and yet they had no problem with that. There was a photo shoot that he did for the Paris edition of Vogue. It was a satanic-themed shoot with girls being hung upside down in pentagram forms. One particular woman was actually holding a Baphomet head, simulating sexual activity. Nobody seems to have a problem with it. One of the most, one of the most frightening stories is the story of Hunter S. Thomas. Gonzo, journalist Hunter S. Thomas, was known for his rampant drug use and getting personally involved in the stories he was writing about. He actually lived with the Hells Angels motorcycle gang for two years in the 60s while researching his book, Hells Angels. Some people believe, and I tend to believe it is true, that Thompson spent time with far more sinister men than the Hells Angels. Some believe he was hanging out with the Illuminati and even partying inside the Bohemian Grove. In his book, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, he wrote about Adrenochrome, a supposed powerful hallucinogen allegedly obtained from the penal gland of a human shortly after they are killed. In the book, based on his actual drug-fueled escapades, he says he got it from a Satanist who told him it would give him the best high he'd ever experienced. The book was actually made into a movie. <laughs> the book was made into a movie. And who was the star? Why, everybody's favorite Captain Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp, played the lead character based on Thompson. One of the scenes actually depicts the character getting high on the drug, Adrenochrome. As he's ingesting it, Depp's character mentions, quote, there's only one source for this stuff, the adrenaline gland from a living human body. The co-star then says, quote, Satan worshipers kill six or eight people every day. All they want is the blood. They'll take people right off the street if they have to. And then referring to a woman recently murdered by Satanists, he remarks, then they cut all kinds of holes in her head and suck out the blood. Some say Hunter was just joking. Really? Is that, is that really that funny? 
Some say Hunter was just joking, others insist he was being blatantly honest. As horrible as this sounds, the strange allegations following Hunter S. Thompson get much, much worse. A man named Rusty Nelson, who was the personal photographer of accused pedophile Larry King Jr. from the 1980s Franklin cover-up. Remember the connectivity I talked about? We just mentioned that. Rusty Nelson who was the personal photographer for Larry King, the pedophile in the Franklin cover-up, alleges that Hunter S. Thompson offered him $100,000 in 1988 to shoot a snuff film involving a child. A child. A child. Now, I'm not saying that we can't go to movies. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. I'm not saying that you and I have to check out of this world. But what I'm saying is, is that we're living in some very wicked, vile times. Beloved, you and I need to be careful about what movies our children are watching. We need to be careful about what music they're listening to, the stars they're admiring. We are living in times that are vile and dark. Open up your eyes. Don't be deceived. Don't settle. The main stories that are out there are just scratching the surface. As John said, even so, come Lord Jesus. But don't think for a second that it's apple pie and 4th of July and everybody's doing good. Everybody's not doing good. We're living in a cesspool, and all the more for you and for me to have our eyes open, our defenses and our discernment high, and for us to be walking with the Lord. And men, that filth that's in Hollywood, that filth that's in Washington, is the same filth that you and I carry around on our cell phone every day. Flee fornication. Get away from it and walk with God.